Welcome to The Recovery Show. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of acceptance. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Kelly and I will be your host today. Joining me is Swetha. How are you, Swetha? Great. Good. And uh, also here is Spencer. How are you doing, Spencer? I'm doing pretty well. Good. All right. Well, our topic today is acceptance, and I recently found a reading related to the idea of acceptance, which says that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. If I learn to accept that pain is a part of life, I'll be better able to endure the difficult times and then move on, leaving the pain behind me. And I really liked the idea of that reading. It kind of got me to thinking about the difference between my idea of acceptance before the program and how I feel about acceptance now. And when I first came to the program, my idea of acceptance was really limited. And it was limited to accepting what I thought was right. And um, not accepting things that didn't fall in line with what what I had been taught as right. Um, I had a really hard time accepting. Well, we've talked about in in previous episodes the idea of being rule followers, and I had a really hard time accepting people who couldn't play by the rules and who just sort of like made their own decisions and kind of did whatever they wanted. Uh, I was really having some issues with control, so I didn't understand the idea of sort of free-form living. Um, So, I mean, I guess my idea has grown into sort of a feeling of patience and tolerance. And that's something, acceptance and patience and tolerance are things that I really have the opportunity to practice every single day, which I think has helped me be a lot more open to this idea. Uh, I really have to practice acceptance with people that I work with. Um, I drive a lot for my job, and acceptance is a really big part of driving for me. Um, and, and acceptance of uh, my family and people that are close to me, really, really, really acknowledging who they are and not who I think they should be or who I want them to be, and accepting them for that. And it's definitely challenging, but I just feel like I've become a lot more open to the idea of acceptance as time has gone on. Oh, yeah, I totally, I completely agree with your idea of what what you were saying where where you said that um, if you didn't think it was right, you didn't accept it, and kind of expand on that a little bit. For me, it was, if it wasn't what I thought people should be doing, I didn't take it as real. It was just an, an aberration into time-space continuum, <laughs> uh, an outlier. Um, it, it wasn't that that's what this person was. Like if uh, if someone was 
aggressive or something like that, even if they were aggressive on a day to day basis, I would just think that's not what people are supposed to do. So they're not really aggressive. It's just they had this one thing that this just this one time that they got aggressive that one time that happens every day. But it's just this one thing. <laughs> and that's not who they are at all. And I expected better of them every time. It was because it was an outlier. They're not supposed to be that way anymore. And um, so essentially things like that. I mean, I would realize that they happened, but I would dismiss it as something that's not the, the truth. It's just something that kind of is an aberration from the truth on accident, a mutation, <laughs> I guess. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how it was. But, um, and I was afraid that if I accepted it, it, that, that it would make it real, which is, I, I guess, a control thing, that I chose what reality was and wasn't, and that if I accepted it, it meant that what they were doing was okay, and what was happening was okay, and then that I'd have to internalize it. And I, I guess I felt like I was making it okay by saying that I accepted it. And that was something that I learned in the program wasn't necessarily true, that I could accept that someone's behavior wasn't something I was necessarily happy about or that I agreed with but to still say this is this is who they are and that's okay for them and that's that's separate from me that was really important for, for me with that is to say that what other people are doing is not a reflection on me and that's how acceptance kind of uh, was easier for me to, to come around to because I, I just thought everything that ever ever happened was about me. <laughs> if someone else was doing something, when somebody was being aggressive, it meant that I wasn't doing the right thing. So I was afraid, afraid to accept that. So now acceptance is just realizing and accepting what's, I mean, yeah, redundant, but realizing what's real and saying it just, it just is not good or bad necessarily. Just this is what it is. This is what's happening. This is who they are. And that's okay. I might not agree with it, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, my early lack of understanding about acceptance was in, in confusing it with um, saying, yeah, that's okay. Uh, and sometimes things are not okay, but they are. And my, my understanding of acceptance now is really much more, it's, it's tied back into the serenity prayer that... Uh, it, acceptance of things that are means recognizing that that is the way they are and particularly if I have no ability to change them uh, I can spend a lot of time trying to make the sky be a different color and that's never going to happen or I can accept that I don't want it to be gray today I want it to be blue and sunny but uh, if I accept it that it is I can spend my energy on things that are more productive, like maybe you know, turning on some lights inside, okay? <laughs> Instead of grousing about how dark it is because there's no sunshine coming in the window. Um, the other thing that I thought about um, as you guys were talking was um, a sermon that I heard some years back now, maybe even before I came into the program, and he was talking about toleration, tolerance, and acceptance and how there's a spectrum that in toleration really not accepting the other person you're just saying I'm gonna let this go on the way it is but I don't like it um, and and tolerance is sort of halfway to acceptance in that it's sort of less 
confrontational and and it's like okay it's maybe still not okay that it's happening but it's not bothering me um, I'm, 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 I'm tolerant of it and then acceptance is really this yeah that's different from me it's not what I want maybe to be true but I accept it as a valid viewpoint a valid um, way to be and that we can move along that spectrum and for me as I move along that spectrum I get more serene I get more serenity I, my life again as I say <laughs> lots of times my life is easier now um, and a big part of that has to do with uh, accepting things as they are um, the things that I can't change so I feel like I like this idea that you're talking about how acceptance brings serenity into your life. And it sounds like that's maybe one of the ways that acceptance kind of helps elevate your program. So do you guys feel like there are any other ways in which acceptance helps you work through challenges against your program? Um, I guess... Uh... So a, a lot of what I've had to struggle with coming into the program was, um, I think I talked about this in a previous podcast too, is um, feeling inadequate. That's part of what brought me to the program is that I felt like I couldn't control anything and um, I, wasn't, I wasn't able to take care of anything. I wasn't able to help myself. And um, a lot of that was because I refused to accept reality. And I, I think part of it was that I was scared that if I accepted the reality, then I would have to accept that I don't know what to do about it. And, um, and I didn't trust myself to know what to do about it because I was, I was so miserable and unhappy. <laughs> so um, with acceptance and just saying, okay, this is, this is just what it is. I have also, this is kind of a, a feedback loop. So one just, just, kind of, just kind of feeds into the other, but by just saying it is, I was able to start getting, just having more faith um, in my higher power and in myself to just to be okay whatever whatever it is it, it will be and I'll still be there and I'll still be okay and everything will be fine and um, I, so I, met, I heard this at a meeting at one point where someone said it's it's hard to think your way into better acting it's a lot and in the program you act your way into better thinking so I mean just forcing myself to accept something sometimes even if I really don't want to and then realizing that I still exist and I didn't spontaneously combust um, is, is, is just miraculous. I honestly thought I would fall completely apart and I wouldn't know what to do with myself, even expect, accepting the smallest things. But that, this has helped me a lot with, with that part of my program, is having more faith in my higher power and more faith in me to get through things and be okay. Yeah, we have, I don't think we talked about it here, but I have definitely heard in meetings that uh, said that, that powerlessness leads to power. And I think one of the ways that it leads to power is through acceptance. That if I, when I, when I accept that I'm powerless over a particular situation, person, place, or thing, that I then gain the power to change the things that I'm not powerless over. Um, 
if if like I said, if 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 I don't like the fact that it's cloudy out today because it's so dark, um, and I accept that, then I can start thinking about well, what can I do? Sure. I can turn on the lights. I can uh, I can move to Florida. Well, not really, but <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> uh, that would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and it's the same way with um, you know my interpersonal relationships that. When, um, and I'm going to come back to my mother because she's one of the people that can really make me crazy very, very quickly because she installed the button in the first place. Uh, when I accept that she is who she is and she has always been that person, then it's a lot easier for me to do things like not trigger the behavior in the first place or um, to just understand that this is going to happen and uh, then I don't have to get frustrated and angry uh, and resentful about it and not having that frustration anger and, and resentment helps me um, it, it, it makes my life better and easier I like that you talked about the idea of acceptance helping your relationships because for me acceptance has helped me become a much better sponsor um, when I think about early in the program how I worked through my relationships with other people and my lack of acceptance it really triggered that control that need to control and you know mostly with my primary qualifier but I just had a really hard time letting go of things and letting go of things that I didn't think were going the right way and having had the opportunity to sponsor a lot of women in the program I have been able to sort of use them in a sense as practice for acceptance because because I never from the beginning of my relationship with any of my sponsees I was never as enmeshed as I was with my qualifier so it was kind of like starting with a clean slate and so I could really practice acceptance with them and just recognizing that they are who they are, they are where they are with their program, they're doing the best that they can with the tools that they have, and I can be okay and let go of decisions they are making that maybe I don't necessarily agree with because I recognize that that's just part of their path, where I had a much harder time doing that with my alcoholic. Um, so to put a little twist on the program today, Spencer recently had a conversation with Ann H. about acceptance. Right. Um, this is a Skype conversation. Um, the audio quality suffers at times, but Ann had some really good things to say. She gave me some new uh, ways to look at acceptance. Now, this conversation happened the day after these tragic shootings at an elementary school in Connecticut, and that event comes up several times in the discussion. Uh, so that's what that's about if you're listening to this later in the year. Uh, so we're going to play this conversation, and then we'll come back. Let's see. So we're talking about acceptance, right? This is where I bump up against all sorts of sort of things that I have problems with. But that's good. Acceptance is good, but you know, I've always I really loved some of the reading in the book, the big book on acceptance. Yeah. It's all my problems today. Until the very last line that says, "As nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's will by mistake." Yeah. You know, problem with that. I really don't believe that, say, God thinks it's right for 20 kids to get massacred in an elementary school. 
Absolutely, yeah. So that's it's a it's a it's a good thing to talk about because it can be a sticking point in my program, and I um, I'm glad to be able to take the time to you know figure out what it is I think about that. So I'm glad we're doing that. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is a difficult one, and for me, it it really often comes back to the Serenity Prayer. <laughs> it's so. I put it down right here. You can't read it, but it says boils down to serenity prayer. That's like you just said that because that's exactly what I was writing down when you were getting your earbuds. Because it does. It does come down to serenity prayer. So what were your thoughts? Why did you write that down? Well, so in how Al-Anon works, there are uh, our greatest source of discomfort is in our continuing attempt to change people and events over which we are powerless. I mean, there's nothing that makes me feel more powerless than just listening to all this stuff on the radio. And yeah. absolutely powerless over all of what's going on in Connecticut. And then the next paragraph says, yet there are plenty of situations in which we can act effectively to improve our circumstances, changing what we can. It takes courage to see ourselves as we really are and attempt to make positive, lasting changes. And so it just feels like there's not a lot I can do about things that, A, have already happened. Yeah. And and B are far away. Yeah. But there are things that I can do that I can in which I can either make small changes to myself or changes locally in my community or or if I feel so moved by, by God to go and do bigger and, and more active things on on issues, then I can. But but that the the point of, of acceptance is that I can't sit around or just want to try to change something that's already happened. I mean, I can be angry, happen, but I can't. I'll just spin my wheels with what I'm trying to do to fix what already happened. One of the things for me that acceptance points to is is the third line in the serenity prayer, you know, the wisdom to know the difference, that if I spend a lot of time being angry, resentful, railing at things that I cannot change, then I have less time and energy and ability to actually change things that I can. And so I saw you nodding your head, so why don't you? Yeah, I got it. I got it. I'm actually writing it down. You know, and the, there's a line that says, the gift of wisdom enables us to know when to act and when to let go. Yeah. And acceptance also, I think, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean saying things are okay, it can just mean saying this is what is. Right. Because there are times, you know, when people, I, I hear people talking in, in meetings a lot about, you know, what happens, how do we accept unacceptable behavior, and is there such a thing as, as the unacceptable? And I think there are things that are, that we don't have to allow into our lives and allow into our hearts, but yet we don't have to say are okay which is what I think you're saying. Yeah, I think that's what I'm saying, yeah. And 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 that reminds me, of course, that comes back to, to boundaries, which was right. our, uh, our, our podcast topic a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. How have you used acceptance in your program? For me, especially early, early on, acceptance, well, acceptance was was everything. It's like that, that read that when I first heard acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. Yeah. That just sort of my go-to because 
I finally, finally, once I realized that there was nothing I could do about Dave's drinking, nothing that I could do about his drinking, that I could just sort of accept that it wasn't my fault, there was nothing I could do, and that I could go on with, with my day. And, and that was so hard, because I wanted so desperately to help. Yeah. Not just for me, like I wanted the chaos out of my life, but it was so painful to watch him just losing his own life, the most painful thing. And I hated accepting that that was maybe what was going to happen. And we came to a point where we came very, very close to that. But, I, but the way acceptance helped is that I was able to recognize that what I did was enough. Like, I was enough. What I was doing was enough. Whatever I had to offer was enough. Mm-hmm. I could accept that without feeling like, man, if I'd just done more. If I'd just done more. If I'd just worked harder. And that's where acceptance was key for me in order to allow me to really let go and and have that wisdom to know when to act and when to let go. So I would act to the best of my ability and then acceptance would kick in where I'd say, wow, I have acted to the best of my ability and I can accept the situation and now it's okay to let go. And that's the wisdom of the serenity prayer and that's where acceptance really does work in with the serenity prayer. It's just Sometimes I wish that I remembered first to accept and then to change. <laughs> Order, right? Accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can't. You know the difference. I spend a lot of time, and I still do, changing what I can change, changing what I can change, changing what I can change, until I step back and look. Well, what is it that I actually can change? And I, I, I think that if there was one way I'd like to improve my program, it would be to, to look at first to figure out what I can change and what I cannot really spend time with in prayer and meditation on that wisdom piece to know the difference. Right. And then accept and then have that courage to change. Because I think I spend a lot of time, like I heard you say, it's just wasted time on things I can't change. Yeah. It's a lot of wasted time and if I think that if I spend a little bit more time in prayer and meditation first on, on, on situations, I would waste less time on things I can't change, have more time in acceptance, and therefore more energy to change the things that I can't, that I can change. Not feel nearly so burned out. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think that, that first bit is, is captured in the thing that we sometimes say, you know, don't just do something, stand there. Right, right, exactly. Just or my most hated Alanon slogan, think. <laughs> yeah, true, true. The most it's my most hated slogan because it's just there are times when the last thing I need to do is spend more time thinking. But the brilliance of that slogan is that it's so clearly it's so clearly what we need to do so many times and spend so much time in action that um that we don't think about it before we do it. And then there's times we spend way too much time thinking, but but it's not it's not productive thinking, right? It's it's what I have a friend who calls it a monkey mind where you just are you know yes. monkey thing and, and swinging around from branch to branch and have no idea what's going on. That's not thinking. That's that's monkey mind. That's craziness. Yep. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I think there's a lot of room in the realm of acceptance for prayer and meditation. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and I think that that's where that reading from the big book on acceptance has, has sent me into more time in prayer and meditation than I than just about anything else in the program. I've spent more time talking to my higher power about the nature of my own free will, of predestination, of my own theology, of how it matches with the program, how does the program, you know, which is not allied with any sect, denomination, or religion. Right. Are there places where there are direct conflicts? So acceptance has, has pushed me to think about my program and my faith much more deeply than just about any topic that we've come across. Because it's really core and really hard sometimes, as you say. So core and so hard. You know, when do we act? When are we called just to sit and pray? When is the action prayer? You know? Mm, mm-hmm. And when I think there are many of us in the program for whom prayer doesn't count as action. Prayer is something we do on the fly, right? Prayer is something we do while we're, while we're, while we're acting. Sometimes the, the action is prayer. That's all we have. Yeah. Accepting that all we have is prayer sometimes. That's where we need the acceptance. And, and the faith that that's going to work out. Yeah. And, and that actually coming back around to the shooting in Connecticut yesterday, my first action after I was like horrified and shocked and with a moment or three of despair, my first action that I could think to do was just to, you know, pray for healing. Yeah. Because what, what can I do a thousand miles away except yell at people, which is nonproductive. You know, and I spent a great deal of time in grief yesterday and, and in grief this morning. I mean, I, I cried through my whole shower this morning. It, 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 it shows me, though, how clearly we are all connected as people. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I guess I'm grateful for that. I'm so sad. But the pro- if we're coming back to the topic, the program has really taught me how to accept those feelings. Like, it's okay for me to be sad. It's okay for me to cry in the shower. And especially if on a day, like, so today's my birthday, but to be sad on my birthday, no one wants to be sad on their birthday. But the program has really taught me that if I accept my emotions and my feelings and I feel them, they have so much less control of my day. So I was able to accept that this morning I was going to be a little sad in the shower, but that doesn't mean my day is ruined. just feel like if I felt a feeling, then everything is over. You know, I just, it was over because I just, I had no control over anything, and I don't feel like I have control now. I just feel like my emotions pass more easily when I allow them to just flow through me instead of trying to dam them up. And acceptance is is taking down that dam at appropriate times when you can't. I mean, you can't always just be angry because you feel angry, but, you know, I have another friend who says you can take your emotions and you can put them on a box on a shelf and look at it and say, I'm going to take you down tonight when I get home from work. Hmm. And, and then honor that. You know, honor that promise to yourself. 
or you know what, I've dealt with this hey emotion, I've dealt with you as long as I can. Now, I'm done with my shower. I need to go and have a nice conversation with my friend Spencer. I'm going to put you on the shelf, and we're going to talk again tonight before I go to bed. And that's acceptance of my emotions as they are, as they come, and the ability to just say to them, hey, I honor you, I acknowledge you, I'm going to feel you a little bit right now, and I'm going to feel you more later. Cal, talk about gifts of the program. That is a gift. That is totally a gift. Thank you so much. And have a great birthday celebration, whatever comes your way today, huh? I have no idea what's going to happen today. It's a total surprise. Started with some, some Starbucks and McDonald's breakfast. And uh, I look forward to whatever this day and the next brings. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic day yourself. Thanks so much for having me. So, uh, Kelly and Swetha, what, what do you think of what, what struck you about the things Anne had to say? Well, first of all, um, it was great to hear Anne's voice, um, and I always love what she has to say. So I think the first thing that really triggered me on what Anne said is she brought up the idea of accepting that our loved ones seem to be wasting their lives and or killing themselves. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if you guys have some experience and or uh, history with that. I mean, I know I do. I, I, I was in several romantic relationships with addicts and alcoholics before the program. So it's a little bit different twist of how I interacted with them and how I dealt with those situations because I didn't have any tools at the time. But, um, but I, I do just remember that feeling of um, kind of going back to our podcast from last week of powerlessness because, you know, when someone is using and hiding it and you don't know that they're doing it, they tend to just react sort of, I don't know, explosively or unpredictably, I guess. And... Um, and, and doing engaging in these behaviors that I thought I knew were bad for that person. And I couldn't accept that. I had no acceptance for that. It wasn't something that I thought was okay. I just kept thinking, why can't they stop doing this? Why can't they get over this? Why don't they just not buy drugs? Or why don't they just not go to the liquor store? And so I really struggled with accepting them so I don't know it's it's kind of a kind of a tricky idea that she brought up there I think yeah I've had a couple of situations that I'm thinking about right now where loved ones uh, were in a bad place uh, one uh, because of addiction and one because of uh, some mental health issues and without acceptance of this is what's happening I it would have been very very difficult for me and in fact before I came into the program dealing with um, the primary alcoholic in my life at the time was very difficult uh, because I had no acceptance that there was alcoholism involved and therefore no acceptance of the behavior at all I just did not understand that behavior and when I was able to have some time in the program to, to gain some tools and to gain some understanding of the disease itself, 
I was much better able to accept that this was a progression of the disease. Uh, and although it was painful to watch my loved one potentially drinking themselves into oblivion, uh, I could continue to live my life. I could continue to be supportive without being enabling and have hope for uh, an outcome that did not end in death. And, you know, I, I come back to the, the quote with which uh, we opened the podcast that pain is inevitable, but suffering is not. And that was a case where, yes, there was pain. But I could continue to work my program and minimize the amount of suffering that I did as a result of that pain. Um, and in the case of, of um, a member of my family who found himself in a fair amount of trouble because of um, some mental health issues that he had, again, I was able to be there and be a support person as he worked his way through the problems that had come um, as a result of, of what he did. And I didn't have to feel that I had to fix it for him. I did have one little relapse over the weekend um, when a person who was supposed to call us back hadn't called us back. And, and I really wanted to just grab that person and say, what's going on? Uh, and, uh, but I got over it. I think I went to a meeting that probably helped. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, and, and both of us at the end of the, at the end of the time I was with him, I think we both felt better about what had happened, um, because I had been able to keep my desire to control outcomes and to fix things out of the way and accept that I had to accept that these were things that he needed to fix. He's an adult. He got himself into this mess and, and he had to get himself out. And I was there to do things like provide transportation, housing and meals and, and love and moral support and not to fix them for him. And without some measure of acceptance that it was his problem, um, that would have been very, very difficult for me. Um, so for me, I, I kind of related to what you said, Kelly. I was dating a few people before the program that were, um, that were active alcoholics. I didn't realize at the time they were until I came into the program and then looked back. Um, and then I saw a pattern uh, in both the way I behaved and the, the sort, for whatever reason, the, the sort of people I ended up uh, seeking out. But um, I used to, just as an example, one of, one of my uh, exes used to uh, be in a job that he really hated, and then he would come home and he would drink. And he didn't, I, I, I remember making a suggestion, which I like to say suggestion, but really what I wanted him to do was this, it wasn't really a suggestion, <laughs> um, uh, to like apply for other jobs. And he didn't have time is what he said because he was busy 12 hours a day at work and then he wanted to relax and have a few drinks. So um, I got, I, my response to that was then to type up his resume for him and submit it to all these jobs for him. <laughs> <laughs> and 
codependent. I, <laughs> right. And um, I mean, if I could have done the interviews for him, I would have, Spencer. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, I would have done them. I would have done all of it. I, I thought that I knew what was best for him. And I knew that if he kept being in this job, he was going to continue to be miserable and and he's going to keep drinking. And I, I didn't, I didn't want that for him. And now saying that, I realize how sick that sounds. <laughs> but at the time, and I think I mentioned this at the last podcast also, at the time I thought it was, it was love. I thought that that was what love was, is wanting something for somebody else and making it happen for them. And um, now, I, I, another thing actually that Anne mentioned in her, uh, in her talk was, where she said that nothing happens without God's will. And with, with that, I feel a lot better about things today. It's not to say I don't have my minor relapses, but I don't, I don't type up resumes anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's not there anymore. But I can, I do sometimes feel myself get tensed up and want something for someone else. But um, like even with my mother, sometimes I, I have a lot of issue with the way that she's conducting her life and things like that and I'm able now to realize that I'm trying to control her life and realize that you know that that statement nothing happens without God's will that just because I don't want it right now doesn't mean necessarily that it's not what's for the best in the long run and that maybe this is exactly where she needs to be because I mean with my life all the things that went went happened throughout the course of my life I think they needed to happen for me to be here and to get to this point in my life where I'm incredibly happy, I'm in recovery, I, I can't imagine anything being better. Um, I might want a lot of things, like, I mean, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm very happy right now. And I think any of those points in my life, um, I didn't necessarily want to be there, but if it all brought me, if I knew then what I know now that it would bring me here, I think I would... I would go through it again. So, you know, it's just, I, I can't tell what what's best for even my life. You know, I, I can look back and say that now. So if I can't even figure out what's best for my life at this very moment. And I, then I, I don't know how I could say that about other people. And it's, it's good for me to remind myself of that so that the pressure's off. I don't have to try and get someone a job. I don't have to tell my mom what to do. And... So yeah, that's, that's <laughs> kind of how I feel about that. I love that you guys both touched on the idea of control related to acceptance. And Anne actually brought up an idea that is actually from the AA Big Book that I had heard before but never really thought about in the context of Al-Anon. And, and the phrase that she, uh, that she uh, used was, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. And, I mean, I always have, like, a positive feeling about acceptance. Like, it's obviously contributed to my life in, in a positive way, but I never really thought about it being the answer to all my problems in kind of in terms of accepting my higher power and utilizing my higher power, too, like you said, Swetha, that, um, that, that, what this says to me is that really I have all the tools at my disposal to have a life that is manageable and and happy and enjoyable 
It's just whether or not I accept the tools and whether or not I choose mm. to use them, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I first heard that um, phrase in a meeting um, where um, somebody shared it from the big book and, and talked about it. And I, when I heard that, I thought, oh, wow, that, that's amazing. Um, because, you know, in our opening, um, we talk about changed attitudes aiding recovery. And, and to me, one of the keys to changing those attitudes is the center of that is acceptance. And something I was thinking about back at the beginning of our discussion and, and then forgot um, is that for me, one of the sort of opposite of acceptance is denial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lived in so much denial uh, in, in the past uh, that seeing acceptance as sort of a path away from denial, I think, was, was really big for me. And, and still has to be, and I can still, I can still put myself into denial over situations. Uh, maybe I probably recognize it better now than I used to or more quickly than I used to. But it does still happen, you know. This is not happening. I don't want this to be happening. Therefore, it's not happening. Wait a minute. Okay, this really <laughs> is happening, um, and I accept that this is happening. And now I can move on from it. I can I can do something productive. And the other thing that Anne talked about that I don't. I mean, I guess I've heard this before. Maybe not phrased quite the same. Uh, was her expression about accepting her feelings and and in particular she talked about a tool um, where she accepts her feelings she feels them and then she can take them and sort of put them in as she said put it in a box on the shelf and say i'm going to come back to you later and how many times in our lives did we deny our feelings and push them away never to come back? Of course, they generally did come back on their own, um, at least for me, uh, and particularly with, with anger, um, that one tended to, to erupt um, at generally the least appropriate moment for me. Uh, and so that difference between acceptance and then putting aside that she does versus the stuffing of feelings that I used to do really, really struck me. And, and I, that's a tool that I want to figure out how to use. Either of you had a thought on that or? Um, I, I have to say, I'm not sure, <laughs> but for, for me, like with, um, when I actually, I heard acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. I think it was my second meeting. And since it was my second meeting, my immediate response was, yeah, but what about tomorrow? And, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, I, I like, I feel like there's a two-parter there. One is acceptance and the other is um, stu- to, the other is to essentially focus on the fact that just first things first, you know, one day at a time, that kind of thing. You don't have to solve all the problems that you potentially could ever have in your life ever mm. right now. Mm-hmm. And I thought I did in order to be happy. But um, 
I don't. And this doesn't even say I have to solve my problems. This just says, just accept that this is what reality is. And, um, and for me, with, with feelings, that was part of it, is that I uh, grew up in a household where um, feelings that weren't positive were not acceptable, positive or neutral. Um, so crying, screaming, yelling, sadness, any, anything with a negative connotation um, was promptly told to be put aside. Like, this mm. is just not, this is not an acceptable time to do this. Um, mm. So I was, I thought if I, with acceptance, if I accepted that something was bad, then I'd have to feel it. And that wasn't okay. I can't feel sad or, or what have you. And um, that kind of touches on right what Anne was saying, but maybe um, you can't feel, not can't, but maybe a certain time isn't appropriate to maybe burst into tears or scream or what have you, but you can kind of come back to it later. And um, one way that, one of those things, another thing with the feelings was I was afraid that if I felt something, well, I have to do something about it. Like I have to fix the feeling. If it's a bad feeling, a quote unquote bad feeling, I have to fix it so it's a good feeling because the bad feelings are well bad and we, we're not supposed to feel those. <laughs> Um, but that, that's, thank God somebody clarified that for me <laughs> because, um, it was, I mean, feeling something is okay. I, I didn't know that I could just feel it and say, yeah, this makes me sad and then move on with my life. I, I thought if I, this feels sad, I have to, I have to make myself happy right now. I have to fix what that person did so that I'm happy. And, um, I don't, all I have to do is just accept that I'm sad today and maybe tomorrow I won't be sad. Maybe five minutes from now I won't be sad. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of how I, I interpret the acceptance of the answer to all my problems. I like what you said about your the environment that you grew up in too, Swetha, because I had a similar experience where any, any sort of feeling beyond some sort of neutral baseline was unacceptable. Anything anything extreme, so even extreme happiness, but definitely, definitely um, anger, sadness, fear, um, none of those things were really okay. So I could I could relate to what you, what you were saying, Spencer, about stuffing it. I mean, I feel like I'm a I'm probably like a case study in stuffing it. Uh, because I just I mean that's probably one of the hardest things for me to date is to really acknowledge feelings, recognize what they are, accept them for what they are, and actually process them. And so it was really sort of strange to hear what Anne had to say about, you know, feeling a feeling in a moment and then maybe setting it aside when when you need to focus on another task and I, you know, I just always set it aside because there's always some other task to focus on that's way more important than feeling a feeling. <laughs> but, you know, the, the downside of that default is that I never actually came back to the feelings. So they would just sort of collect and build on top of each other. And then they would come out in some sort of crazy sideways way that had nothing to do with any of those feelings. <laughs> there would just be some sort of random trigger like I don't know a, a TV commercial and I would start bawling or you know the my husband would say something random about do you want to get a Christmas tree today and I would start screaming at him you know it was it was like completely irrelevant to the situation but it just 
for whatever reason there was a trigger there and then it just all came out and so that's definitely been something that I've been working on over the last several years is how to deal with things as they come up and uh, if I don't know what they are or if I can't figure out how to process them then God forbid asking for help on how to uh, identify those things and work through them which is you know in in terms of acceptance just becomes such so much more of a peaceful way to live than this uh, constant numbness with random explosions so um, yeah, I was I was really hoping not to have to talk about feelings today. Thanks a lot for that one, Anne. <laughs> I guess it's good, right? <laughs> so we're going to come back in a few minutes to talk about um, what happens uh, in our meetings this week. The uh, piece of music coming up is a new one by Neil Young and Crazy Horse called Ramada Inn. And to me, this talks about an old couple, married couple, maybe alcoholics who are living out the rest of their life uh, and doing what they can and seemingly just accepting each other and their lives for what they are right now. So now we come to the segment of the show where we talk about what's happening in our home groups and our meetings this week. And I think uh, we'll start with Kelly. Well, uh, there's a couple meetings that I go to. Um, I go to a, a meeting Friday nights, uh, 7.30 at uh, 
Help me out, guys. West Side, West Side United Methodist. Thank you. In Ann Arbor. In Ann Arbor, yep. It's uh, called Young at Heart Meeting. And uh, there's been some really great growth going on at that meeting. Uh, we've, we started with alternating between two to three people a week. And in the last three years, it's grown to about 35 or so people every week, which is a high class problem. I realize that it's a good thing. Uh, so we're trying to figure out uh, whether we need to find a new location or what we want to do to just make sure that people still feel comfortable and making sure that everyone has an opportunity to share because that was one of the benefits of that meeting when it started. Um, that meeting is actually kind of a spin-off of a, another meeting on Wednesday nights at Zion Lutheran Church that um, is a huge meeting and so not a lot of people get to share. There's usually about a hundred or so people every week. And uh, that was actually a great meeting this week. Um, there's a guy, Spencer, you may have heard of him. Uh, he gave the lead this week at that meeting on the 12th step, which was um, really interesting. Well, thanks, Kelly. Um, yeah, step 12, for those of you who maybe not, not, don't have your steps memorized, uh, talks about having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I tried to touch on all three aspects and what they had meant for me, um, talking about the gradual spiritual awakening that I had experienced. And then the beauty for me of doing the lead is that then I have to shut up and I get to listen to what everybody else has to say about the topic. And I, and I always learn things, I always gain new insights. And one of the things that struck me that somebody shared was, you know, the step says having had a spiritual awakening, which implies that I was perhaps spiritually asleep uh, before I came into the program. And I think that is really definitely true for me, but I hadn't thought about it that way before. I did go to a meeting uh, last Sunday where the topic at our table was forgiveness, uh, which is often a difficult topic, particularly when we're maybe struggling to forgive those who have harmed us in our lives. And there was some really good discussion at that table. Hopefully we'll cover that topic in a later podcast. At all those meetings that you talk to, I've already, I go to those meetings and no other, so I got nothing, guys. You covered it all. <laughs> okay. Um, so our topic next week, I think, is going to actually be denial, since Spencer touched on that in uh, one of his comments, and it sort of struck a nerve with me. So that sounds like a good topic for next week. We definitely welcome your thoughts, and uh, please leave us a voicemail or send us an email and share with us your experience, strength, and hope about the topic of denial. So, Swetha, how can they do that? Um, so there are two ways. One way is you could give us feedback by voicemail, where you could call area code 734-707-8795. Again, that's 734 734- 707-8795, or you can send us an email at feedback at therecoveryshow.com. And, and I just mentioned that both of those are on the website, which is therecoveryshow.com. So if you didn't get it written down, just go to the website and it will be right there. The next uh, piece of music before we close is Beauty of the Rain by Dar Williams. Uh, and I'm going to quote a comment from a website. It says, I think this song revolves around realizing that love is about the actual experience, good and bad, because the beauty of the rain is not that it is raining, but about how it is falling. 
i.e. how we love, and how that love isn't perfect all the time. Uh, I would say for me personally, uh, that that really is speaking about acceptance. And you know the light is fading all too soon You're just two umbrellas one late afternoon You don't know the next thing you will say This is your favorite kind of day It has no walls The beauty of the rain Is how it falls, how it falls, how it falls And there's nothing wrong but there is something more And sometimes you wonder all right, thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, please feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time. The truth about the rain is how it falls.